You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com. You're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout, and you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store, at 50% off, and then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal, and this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners, and I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Content warning. The language content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your delectably delicious disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza, And I'm here for you to touch my joystick. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started, everybody. 
First things first, if you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month or $5 a month to keep a bright light shining on these groundbreaking and important stories because there are so few stories out there like this that we share on this show. So I'm really, really proud to be able to make this part of my job. And if you're able to, I'd love your financial support. You can head over to the the Patreon to do that. Or, of course, you can leave us a five-star review, tell your friends, tell everybody about the show and why it's important. But now, let's get to today's show. Last year, I had the opportunity to do some work for a company called Fly Media Productions. They were putting on a work, a series of workshops and kind of a one-day virtual event in the pleasure space, talking about pleasure and bodies and sexuality during the pandemic. And they asked me if I wanted to do a session on sexuality and disability. They reached out to me and said, we love what you're doing. We'd love to have you as part of this. And so I said, of course, and I did my session, and it was super fun, and they were really, really fun. And as I got to know them, as I got to know the, the, the people behind Fly Media Productions, I met with their their creators, Sherry and Ruben, who are a couple out of Atlanta, Georgia, with multiple disabilities. They are a multiply disabled couple with disabilities, and they wanted to come on the show today and talk about their experiences building a company while having disabilities. And I thought that was a really important thing to chat with them about because they they, they were really excited to talk about disability, but they'll tell you in the episode that both of them, Ruben and Sherry, were very hesitant to come out as disabled and talk about disability publicly because they were worried about how that would affect their brand and how people would see them. So in the episode, we talk about what their experiences with both chronic granulomatous disease, which is what Ruben lives with, and Sherry has MECFS and a whole host of other things, as well as Ruben lives with um, anxiety, Tourette's, and he also said he lives with um, OCD. So we talk about how all of those disabilities interplay with their ability to run a business, with their ability to be, to show up for one another as a disabled couple, and kind of what it's like to do all that. We also talk about the difference between what it's like to feel good on a good day with invisible illnesses and what it's like to feel really bad on a bad day and how a flare-up can totally stop your entire day. I also give them some tips and tricks on how to incorporate their disabled experience into their business so that people won't, won't assume that they are unreliable and can't do the job. So we talk about that. We also talk about how their disabilities impact their relationship and impact their sexuality, plus so much more. I really, really loved sitting down with them and being able to talk with the two of them together. It was a really fun interview, really powerful, and really, really important. So I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, here's my interview with Ruben and Sherry of Fly Media Productions, right now on Disability After Dark. Sherry and Ruben, hello. Hello. Hey, Drew. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. I'm so, so happy to have you on Disability After Dark. We have been 
planning this discussion now for what feels like a very long time. <laughs> yeah, um, it's been a while. I'm <laughs> with COVID and, and disability and things in the world and it's taken us forever to sit down. So I'm so happy we're finally doing it. So thank you so much for being here. I would love the both of you to introduce yourselves to the audience. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. I go ahead, baby. Go you, you can always go first. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, makes life easier for me. I'm I'm Ruben. Um, I am so Sherry and I are partners in life and partners in business. I'm disabled with multiple uh, multiple disabilities, um, and we're also business owners and. Uh, I forgot the yeah, second that is half a, of the that question. Is, that is the extent <laughs> of our life. Like we are a married couple, been married for 25 years, and we've been in business together for uh, 19 years now. Yeah. So, you know, that is our whole life, each other and our work. <laughs> Amazing. And just so people know, what, what business do you run? Oh, yeah. So we run a branding and brand positioning agency um, called Fly Media Productions. Mm-hmm. Nice. And nice. we just, we help people with branding and we do a lot in the pleasure industry and with intersectional brands. We, we and that's how the I... pleasure industry last year, which is a new, a new venture for us, but it's been great. And we're super excited about getting deeper into it. <laughs> There's so many innuendos there that I wanted to say. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I want to get deeper into it too. Um, no, Sherry, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> But, but, you know, and that's how I met you two wonderful people. We did a, a thing together pre-COVID, um, which feels like literally five years ago, but it was only about a year and a half ago. Um, was it even that long? I don't even remember. Was it like... No, it hasn't even been a year. Yeah, which is Because we're wild. talking about doing a second one. Like, should we do another one in June? It's from last June. It does feel like... It, it does feels, feel like a couple years have passed. It feels like at least two or three years. But, but it, you're right. It was it only... It was only a while ago, but if you need somebody, I'm here anyway. Anyway, so you you run you run Fly Media Productions, awesome, amazing. Uh, can you both tell me what your disabilities are and how they impact your day today? Yeah, um, I guess I'll lead off for you. Yes, um, so when we were prepping for this, we Sherry and I, because we're we're super like fastidious, I guess is the. Nice I also way to say love it. that you before we got on the air, you told me that you prepped for this, which I think yes. Is I I have not stopped giggling since you told me that because I was like, oh my goodness, somebody like prepped for my ridiculous, silly show. So like, I think that's hilarious. Thank you so much. Um, but you were saying we hope it pays off. It's just that like we're not super used to talking about this stuff in public at all yet. So we're like, we better run through the questions and kind of get a gauge where we're where our comfort level is with ourselves and each other. So. We've been wanting to like stretch ourselves and like there's there's you and Amani and I'm like, y'all have been talking so powerfully about disability in general that I follow follow y'all obviously independently because you're doing different things, but on Twitter, but the combination is being really real about disability and the intersection of that and the rest of life, you know? Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. And it's made me be want to be more intentional about being, excuse me, more, um, yeah, more open. So probably I started try, trying to be more open 
in like the early two Ks. I didn't realize how how closed off I was though, because <laughs> I mean, damn, like y'all are like a hell of a lot more open. But then after you were at our event and how powerful of, and I knew you were going to have a huge impact, but because I've listened to you on podcasts and all that, but I mean, people reached out to us after and like, yo, Andrew's thing, that was, that hit, that just hit. So like, I just knew like, and I wanted to be able to like, I wanted to have a positive kind of impact as well in, in that kind of way, like the way y'all have helped so many people and it's benefited us. I want to be able to like, in a way, I guess it's kind of giving back, but I guess that's not really the question you asked me. The question you asked me is like, what's wrong with yeah, you, what's, what's wrong with you, Ruben? See, look, I'm doing the classic avoidance you need, <laughs> deflection. You need, like you need your own like three hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, okay. So, so what's wrong with me? No. So I have a, so I have multiple disabilities. I have a congenital, uh, disease I was born with. I have a mutation on, on what, on my, uh, chromosomes. So it's called chronic granulomatous disease. It is a disease where I get sick a lot. I get a lot of infections and, um, I have been sick so many, I can't even count how many times I've been sick, but at the end of the day, it has left me with a lot of like permanent, um, issues because your body can only get sick so many times before, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's kind of like Sherry was saying today when we were prepping, um, it's like, you get like those punch cards at subway or whatever. And like, everyone gets a punch card and say, there's like a hundred holes on it. And most of us want to add holes and. Rubens is like a negative for yeah. every time you get sick, it's like adding a hole and a punch to it. And that's like a bad thing. So yeah, it's, and it, you want to, you want to take away a hole. Yes. So that that's with that. And then um, outside of the CGD, I also have uh, Tourette syndrome, ADHD and OCD, which are all linked to the Tourette syndrome. Tourette's is a neurological disease, but um. The thing that people probably most think about is that fucked up movie, What About Bob, which when I was a kid or, or a youngster growing up, I fucking hated that movie because of how it portrayed Tourette's. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I just lost my thought. And like, I, that movie just really bugs me. Like, <laughs> And so um, how does Tourette's manifest for you? Because I know like the the... The movie version and any kind of pop culture version is like you're stuttering all the time and you can't, you have a tick and you can't like say this. And I, we know that with the disability in real life, like this is not how these things often manifest. So like, how does it play a role for you? Um, yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out. So it, I mean, it, it does do some of the stuff that people think of it as doing, but not in the way that they necessarily think it. Um for you, it's much more subtle. Yeah, for me, yeah, it is a lot more subtle than like with some other folks. And then I have some stuff that's related to it that that you wouldn't realize is Tourette. So it, it, it is really impacts how I learn. And like I have to, I had to like figure out other strategies to learn. And like I'm really good at, at learning, but it's like I had to figure out my own ways of doing things because yeah. it definitely makes that challenging. I mean, the ADHD does as well. If you notice, I like, I, I, challenge I, I can have a challenging time in conversation because a lot of times i'll start tripping and over myself or like i'm just like anxious to speak so like that's kind of part of it as well so um, this is super fun for you right now 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but see, I enjoy conversation and talking. Gets, yeah. We're both the same way. Once we get going, then it's it's fine. But yeah. And I become very self-aware. You, you do also have like the things people normally think of, like being very cautious of germs. It's I wouldn't say like clean, clean thing, but like cautious of germs. So like with the COVID stuff, he's been on top of me way more than usual, you know. But not, I wouldn't say it's like super crazy or anything, but it's, it's, uh, it is more than normal. And so it's then, like heightened like, OCD because yeah, of all the yeah. stuff that's happening right now. Yeah. And then like you do, he'll chirp and he'll have eye twitches and just, oh, I forgot. About you know, that. a lot of things yeah. like I don't even know that you always realize that it's happening and it happens more when he's stressed and anxious. And then other times, like he can completely, he can hide it and look like nothing nothing but then like like for like a video call like this with um clients and stuff he can often hide those things and then after they get really like bad for a little while because he's been hiding it and doing his best to like suppress it do you feel as because you've talked you talked a minute ago about Ruben about like wanting to be more intentional with being disabled and like sharing that story do you feel like do you feel as you do that you're more open to like yeah I'm having a tick person on the call like deal with it yeah i'm doing this like yeah this is part of what i do i feel like that is starting to happen um i would i would like to i would like it to the point where i'm like a lot more free with it because as, as you notice i'm still super guarded about it and i wish i wasn't so yeah but i, I always see, i can see in your body language and i can yeah. <laughs> i can see how you're talking to, so like well you're here for the next <laughs> however long we're doing this don't worry it's totally fine and this is a safe disabled space to do all the things you need to do it's more than <laughs> so don't feel like you have to it doesn't need to be as be as comfy as you are and it's okay no i appre- i appreciate it it's 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 if you knew some of the things i went through growing up because of like the Tourette's ocd yeah. and adhd it's it'd be wild to think i'd be talking about it in public all these years later um, because when I was a kid, like they used to commit people who had this, you know, like the you know, the 70s and 80s were very different than 2020. Like, yeah, like these things had real repercussions where you could lose your freedom. You it so it's like you really like for me, I became hyper self-aware. Like, so like any ticks I had, everything I was so concerned about it because I was always very, very aware of the perception and and all that because there was real repercussions behind it. It wasn't just a, what, you know, people like, I think get the impression, oh, everything's about vanity. And I don't think with the disabled community, it's about vanity. I think it's, they're very aware, pragmatic that there's pers- there's repercussions to everything. And just because the, the non-disabled community may not want to acknowledge it, we're aware of it. And I think the older you are, the old, the more you are aware of it because times in the past were very unforgiving and, and very yeah. not understanding of people. And I mean, I think for you, Ruben, like, especially being a black man with disabilities, like saying that is in your, and correct me if I'm wrong, and like guide me with your experience, but I, I, I've heard from other people who are disabled people of color. It's not something we, that's talked about in those communities. And like, was that your experience? Was it something that you had to shield because you of your, color um that's a good question for so for me being black just being black i've got to always be guarded i'm always just 
ready for the worst of what can happen. So I'm always very much ready. It's like, I live by the mantra, stay ready. Like it, it's a real thing. It's you have to, cause I've had the most wild things come out of the blue. Like that time when I woke up and the police were there and I'm just like, you literally like, you're never, you can never be relaxed. You can never not be ready for the world to change around you. So like being, I say that to say that acknowledging this, a disability is like literally opening up a hole in your wall that protects you. It like creates a, a, a it creates a level of vulnerability that is very disconcerting. It makes yeah. me very uncomfortable because anything that can speak to weakness that can allow something to harm me. And that feels, I was raised where, where that was opening up yourself to harm. showing a weakness to harm. Yeah. Like, yes. and it wasn't like this, this, this had nothing to do with like black culture saying this, this is, and I, I, I obviously know ableism runs around the world, but I'm only familiar with living in the U.S. So this is very much American culture that taught me this, not Black culture, but American culture in general. Yeah. Um, so it, like, because I didn't grow up in a, for the most part, in my early life, I did not grow up in a um, Black area. I grew up in a very, very white area because my parents, dad was in the military. We ended up having to move into a, uh, move far away from where my family's from. So he can get work and that's how we yeah. ended up there. But um, so it's, for me, it, it's, it's opening myself up in a vulnerable way that was very, very challenging. And then all the um, stuff that come in this. So again, this conversation must be super fun for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's challenging. It's challenging me and making me stretch. And I think it's good for me. I'm ready. I'm ready for it now. I wasn't ready for it years back. I wouldn't, I don't think I would have been, been ready to process all this, this way and feel safe. Well, I, I hope that during our conversation, you do feel safe. Cause I want, all I want like, and I appreciate also the both of you, are sitting down to do this. Let's move to Sherry for a minute because I want to hear how her, how disability impacts your life. Well, I have um, MECFS, commonly known as chronic fatigue syndrome, less commonly known as myalgic something or another that I can, can't still pronounce, but it's a relatively new name for it. Um, but we also really appreciate it in the community because CFS is like, a thousand times more than just chronic fatigue. Chronic fatigue and exhaustion and malaise and all that is something that we all experience to one degree or another, but it's just like the first symptom and it's probably the most common. We have, we each have like a laundry list of symptoms that we live with and experience on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you compared compared laundry list, probably I would say maybe only half of the symptoms on them would compare with each other's because the symptoms are so varying and they change often. Like for example, when I was young, I had such severe, severe headaches that I would take like routinely take four or 500 milligram Tylenol just to scratch the surface of the, the headaches that I would have. I didn't know back then how bad that, that used was. to scare me so much yeah. when you told me how much you He's took. He's the one who actually <laughs> told me like, you shouldn't do that. That's like really bad. <laughs> well, like, but it just is just barely like dulls the pain. You know what I mean? And I had that for years and years until I learned how to 
cope and manage the headaches. And now today I, I barely have headaches except when I have like a relapse or flare up, then I have really severe headaches. But most, most of the time day to day, I don't have the headaches like I did back then. I had them every day. So it's like, it's the symptoms change often. Yeah. How I like to compare it is just to, and how most people compare is to how regular people feel when they have the flu or a version of the flu or the worst, like the most shitty you feel when you get sick, it's kind of like feeling like that all, all the time, a level of that all the time. You wake up tired, you go to bed tired, and you just kind of dealing with a list of symptoms every damn day and you don't know which ones you're going to be dealing with any particular day. And then on top of all that, I, you know, the symptoms, like the other symptoms that affect me more commonly, which you'll probably notice in this conversation is the brain fog and the um, losing my words and trying to find my words. I, I constantly am like searching for the most simple right word to say. And it could just be like, this is like a case and I can't, I'm looking right at it and I don't know what the hell it is, you know? Uh, but you'll probably hear that because I'm mentally and emotionally and physically really tired today. So that's probably going to manifest itself. And then on top of all of that, I have anxiety disorder that I've been dealing with from, you know, to some extent since I was young, I had just regular anxiety, I think when I was young and then like 10, no, not 10, more than 10, 15 or so years ago, I, it got to the point where I was agoraphobic. And that is partly one of the reasons why we moved to Atlanta, because we needed to just get away from our life back where we were. And since we moved here about nine years ago, I've been healing and on the right direction, being able to do stuff like this, where, you know, 15 years ago, I would, wouldn't have even been able to have this conversation. Well, again, I'm super glad that you both are. And I think it's kind of funny that Ruben talks a lot and you sometimes lose your words. So you're actually really well suited <laughs> for each other because yep. you can literally finish each other's sentences and that's great. It works out good. It works out good for us. I looked up the, the Emmy because um well because I think it's a power it's a powerful name even though I can't say it. Yes, well. it's very important. And I feel really bad that I can't say it, but my my CFS brain doesn't want to wrap around it. It's I struggle so bad with it. It's so that myalgic. Yeah, myalgic encephalopathy. Encephal yeah, and it's myalgic encephal encephalo uh, See, I told you it's not just me. <laughs> it's good though because chronic fatigue when people say that they they think like it's kind of similar to like with Ruben in the OCD. People think of OTV OCD. Well, that's not what normal OCD is. Well, chronic fatigue syndrome is not just tired. You're not just tired all the time. It's a thousand million other things that we deal with every single day. Down here, they used to call it the, the yup. They had this wicked disparaging name. They called it the yuppie flu because yep. they used to say it was a disease of only rich white women. Yep. And I'm like, number one, that couldn't be furthest from the truth. Number two, she got it. She was a teenager and she was poor as dirt. <laughs> number three, <laughs> I know other people who have it who are not white women. So like, and, and it's like, and I there's a lot of stigma attached to it. It is actually, thankfully for the work they were doing in Europe, um, in the UK and in the Netherlands and the Scandinavian countries that like helped to change perception because their medical community took it much more seriously. 
and they changed the name and they created the ME name versus mm -hmm. the CFS name, they forced American medical people to stop blowing the patients off like it was all in their head because they literally were saying that oh it's all in your head they're still, it's all in they're your still head. doing it yeah. yeah yeah and the one good thing that's come from covid recently is that the um a lot of the symptoms that of the is it long haul COVID. long haul covid are very very similar and they've been often comparing it in the news to mecfs so there's going to be a lot more hopefully research into into the whole thing because right now though i get and I feel really bad again. I don't know all the specifics around it. Like, like, you know, a lot of people that I follow on Twitter do, but like that there's super, the amount of research that is even into it is ridiculously tiny. There's, they just don't care, you know, and, and because of COVID, there's going to be a lot more research into this because that's, it's exactly the same thing that people with the, the long haul COVID are experiencing very similar symptoms. So we're really, really excited and hopeful about that. I think that that's what, to go with what you said too. I think that's one of the challenges that people with ME get is that it's like an invisible illness that's also hard for them to diagnostically like check for versus my disease. They can very much now they can yeah. just test for it. Like you just run these special tests and oh, you got it or oh, you don't have it. And they cannot... They can't debate it. They can't say you're not disabled. And because as we all know here, the government will routinely say someone who's clearly disabled is not disabled just because they want to or, yeah. or, or whatever. And people who, who have ME can have to run into that challenge where it makes it really hard for them to get the medical treatment they need and everything as well, because doctors can be more subjective about how they want to acknowledge someone's illness, which is really makes my heart go out to them. Because if you don't get the right doctors and you're really in a bad way, you're kind of like out on your own and in, in, in so to speak. Yeah. You're kind of fucked, but I mean, yeah. you're fucked and not in the fun way either. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> um, but like, so how, how does this, like Ruben, I've heard you say this in the last, like as just we've been talking, you've used disease, you've used disabled, you've used disability, like a lot more freely than I was almost expecting you to. How does it feel for you to like, because you, you know, you're almost saying the words with confidence for somebody who, you know, has never really talked about that. That's kind of cool. So I commend you for that. How does it feel to like be so open about it now? Um, I'm appreciative to be open. I, I mean, after this is over, I might be like, oh my God, what did I just do? <laughs> but honestly, every time I do something like this, I stretch myself. I'm really thankful I did. And I'm so I'm really thankful to be to doing it. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say, oh, I'm a little unnerved about what are the any future consequences? Is it going to impact our business? Are people going to look at us, you know, any kind of way? But I, mean, I think that yes, they will. And yeah, unfortunately, they because people are just people and they will. But also, I think you, it will enhance your business model because you can say it's run by two disabled people. Like there's power in that. There's a real kind of, there's a real possibility for you to open up to whole different markets because you can say, look, I'm a disabled entrepreneur. I'm a disabled business owner. I'm a like, and then disabled patrons will be like, oh, I, I might hire them or I might work with them or I might, you know, 
buy their product because they've said they're disabled and I can trust them. So I think, yes, you'll have the ablest people that look at you and go, oh, they're disabled. Why are they working? Shouldn't they be on government assistance? Blah, blah, blah. Like, but also you'll have the people that look at you and go, wow, they're doing something that I like, you'll, you'll be a beacon for other disabled people to look at you and say, I can do it too. Like if I want to start a company, I can't do. I appreciate that. I think, I mean, and that's why we didn't say anything for so long because we knew there was, you, you always get negative impact, but we also are saying something now because we want to, like you said, I would like to think like when I leave this world, I want to have left something better. I want to have bettered some people's lives. There's enough shit going on where I yeah. want to like do something to counteract it. You know, I want to like, to me, that, that is like a huge thing to me. What do I leave behind? What have I done? Like, so that when I die, at least I can be, Hey, I did something. I did some things, you know? I mean, for you, what I see in terms of like business is like, like I was saying earlier, we don't talk about disability enough in black communities. Most of what we see from disability activism is white people who with disabilities, which is fine, but like we need to, there's so much diversity there. So I think you have an opportunity if you want to take it to be like, look, let's talk about being a person of color. Let's talk about race and disability because we're not doing it. Unfortunately, like the reason why I have a podcast and why I can speak so freely on stuff is in part because of my privilege as a white man. So like if I was a black man wanting to do the same show, like who knows if it would get the same kind of press. So like, I think I would strongly invest in you. Like you should, like I was, we've been joking that you should do a podcast, but seriously, you should do a podcast. <laughs> Cause like we don't have enough of this stuff out there. And I think it could just, it would just change the landscape a little bit more. And oh, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's like, I, like we had the, op we were supposed to do like a, a web show. Um, that's one of the hardest things is being able to physically and mentally do all the things. Cause I, I would really love to, um, we want to do some, that's what, that was one of the reasons why we did the event too, because it can be like a thing that's like one and done. Like instead of doing it recurring, you can be like, okay, we're going to do what we can. We'll yeah, exactly. And we, even if it's 12 hours, that's a one and done thing. And now, okay, we can crash for a while and then we don't have to worry about this again for 12, for 12 months. And then we do it over again. Um, Cause I, I do like talking about it, but I, I think like I'm starting to realize, okay, I got limitations. If I'm going to do it, what's the best fit. And I don't know that I could do it recurring. I just don't know that. Yeah, our, I don't know that healthy, I have enough consistency. Our healthy hearts and brains want to do so many different things, but our limitations just keep like kicking us in the ass and be like, nope, nope, you got to pick one. You got to pick one. <laughs> that's why when we do. And it's always going to come right down to what, what, you know, pays the bills and that's the business. That's why we invested so heavily yeah. in doing that event last year. Cause we're like, this is our way of doing something that doesn't have to necessarily pay us back. And this can be our way of doing all the things we want to do in this one weekend event. And now we've been able to like support all these things. And then if we're not able to do anything else, we were able to do this thing that we feel like really positively makes a difference. And so, you know, we, you talked in the questionnaire about public and, and professional persona and the way people perceive you because you've talked about how hard it is to like, to do all that, to, to keep up the public, 
grind of like you know i i produce a show once a week i produce like tweets i do all that stuff and that's like that's work how do you feel given that you you know you both said you don't always feel your healthiest because of these disabilities how does it feel to try to do all this in a workspace and keep a business running when you're like i feel like shit today it's a lot it's i I often feel guilty because I like the things I know that would benefit me. I'm not always able to do all of them or do them all the way I would want to, but I'm like, something has to give. So I just, the things that I have to give, I make them go away. And then I do the, I'd rather do the things that I'm going to do really, really well than try to do a million things and wear myself out. Cause it, it is like a lot to do all the things and we do, with our business, we're doing like, we do all the, you know, the production work and branding. I, I'm, a, I'm a programmer, developer, Sherry's a designer. We do all that. And then it's the operational side of the business and sales. And there's just a lot of things, never mind all the marketing related yeah. stuff to just in order to keep, you know, enable visibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're only able to do it because we run the company and we do it from home. So we have a lot of flexibility that we give ourselves if if we, it were if we were working for somebody else it would be a lot more challenging yeah and, and I, I ruben has dealt with that in the past where it's been a challenge to stick to somebody else's schedule yeah i mean that's part of what like i i do with my business too the reason why i work for myself <laughs> primarily is because i don't have to stick to a schedule if i'm gonna like shit one day i can turn everything off and say i don't want to do it today like i'm not like you saw how many <laughs> How many yep. months to take us <laughs> to set up this thing because the world fell apart. And so, like, I understand exactly the pressure of, like, but then the added pressure is, like, well, I'm just at home. I could just do it. Why am I not doing it? And you're, like, well, so I, I understand both sides of, like, you want to be productive, but you also want a space where you can just be sick if you need to be, like, be ill if you need to be. Yeah, it, that can be a lot. Like you said, the, the voice in you, the script in your head, the narrative in your head can be one of the hardest things where you're not like, I can see Sherry and be easier on her than on myself. But even to be honest, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm always as understanding and easy with her as I could be because of the grind of business and, and doing a job and, and knowing the stuff that we have to do and have to get done can be a lot too. You know, sometimes as disabled people, we play this game with each other, but we're like, oh, I'm disabled too. So you can't play that game with me because I know like what your thing is. So like you can't say you're tired because like I have disabilities too. And we forget that like, you know, just because one person is disabled and the other person is disabled doesn't mean we experience it the same way. And yeah. so like I, I can imagine when you're like, if Sherry's tired or you're tired, one of you can easily say, like, oh, don't be tired. I know what that feels like. I have it too. And it's like, no, you know, you have no idea. Even though we both have disabilities, you don't know what I'm going through right now. Oh, I agree. I, and I think even like with hers, like unless I get really sick, some of her stuff, I like when I get really, really sick, I get what she's talking about with some of the things like the brain fog and stuff, because I start to have that as my body starts breaking down. But a lot of times I don't have to deal with those things. So I, there's a level of privilege that I have that I have to check myself because I can easily just um, gloss right over some of the shit that she goes through. I think like even, even working at home though, like I, I try to like, we try to check our privilege because I know a lot of disabled people don't get to work at home. I mean, for years we didn't get to work at home. I was disabled and I was working like some of the hardest fucking jobs that just 
kick your ass all day, every day. And this was the goal was to be able to work from home because those jobs were just slowly crushing me physically. There's so much to unpack there. My brain is like, which question do I go to? First? <laughs> um, but tell me a little bit about how, you know, you, you mentioned in the, in the questionnaire about flare ups and you mentioned a little bit about like, how when you're having a flare-up you can everything just has to stop and you have to just like it can look it can look extremely different from if either of you are having uh a day intermission so sherry if we could start with you like how does what does a flare-up look like for you versus a day when you're not having a flare-up and how does that impact just you as a human and also like you as a business owner and you as a partner maybe too uh wow there's a lot there um for a normal day, I look to the outside like a normal person. I, and I think that's like the nature of an invisible illness. I look fine, at least I think I do. <laughs> I think I look healthy to other people most of the time. And like like when we're meeting with clients and doing you know video calls and things like that, I think that I look healthy and I, people wouldn't know. And um, unless, you know, and then most people don't know us stumble over, I'm stumbling over my words or whatever, you know, And I, but it is a fear of mine. It's one of the reasons I had such a hard time doing interviews and even phone calls with clients in the beginning. I had Ruben do like all of them because I was just like, they're going to think I'm an idiot. They're going to think I don't know what I'm talking about because I can't even say smart words, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but on a bad day, I am in my bed with the curtains drawn because light is bothering me. Uh, the TV's low because noise is bothering me. I literally, when my body just gives on its, for me personally, on my, my worst day, my body just gives out completely. And I have to lay in my bed completely still, completely flat. Like even putting my hands up on a pillow is extremely painful. I have to like rest everything on the mattress until my body kind of recuperates. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. like for the headaches, like I'll ice packs on the head and it can take hours and hours just to like bring the headache down. And it's, and then there's everything in between. And I guess a lot, another thing I was thinking about that, like a lot of people don't see is when people see me, I look like this. I have my hair down, I have my face on and I look cute and whatever. But most days I don't look like this. Most days my hair is not dead. I don't have my face on and taking a shower and washing my hair and blow drying my hair just to do these type of calls is extremely exerting. It takes a lot out of me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't do this every day for work. Every I get up and I work, do work often in what I call my pajamas, you know, and unfortunately for Ruben, but... <laughs> I, it isn't, I'm not cute every day. And that's just reality. Cause I only have so many spoons and I do want to run a business and I do want to, you know, have the life that comes with having a little bit more money, you know? So it's a give and take. And for us, it's like, I'll get cute when I have to be on calls or when we go out. And other than that, I rest and we plan our schedule basically so that I don't have to be cute you know, and every day. It's a different type of cute. Yeah, it's but like, like you know, different, the kind you know? of cute you feel like when you feel good about yourself. Like the other day I put makeup in, on and did my hair. And I was like, oh, hey girl, <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> but that does, I have to plan my schedule so that I don't 
so they don't have to be cute every day because I can't, I just can't do that and do my job and maintain my household and everything else, you know? That's reality behind the scenes. Yeah, and so Ruben, for you, like same question, like what is it like, what, like how do you, how does that, how do all those pressures play out for you? Um, I was so engrossed in what you were saying. I was like, mine, give me one second. My mind just went blank. Um, I could, I could start for you. Okay, I would sure. Say, yes, please. I would say similar. It's very similar when he's having a good day. He's just working and go, go, he'll do his thing. And on his bad days, he's on the couch all day or in bed the entire day and doesn't want to think about a thing. I can ask him a question. I have to ask him like five times because he just is not processing processing like it and, he, and it just doesn't matter if if it's important or not it takes a lot yeah i i somehow forget about that yeah i mean i just like sherry said like i'll just crash i'll just physically just i could go from one day literally like hitting the weights and feeling super strong and then the next day i can barely lift myself up like i had to i had to go help my son with something the other day and it took me like 20 minutes to get a pair of shorts on. I'm like, the fuck, motherfucker. I'm like, I can't get my goddamn pants on. Fuck this shit. Like, I mean, I'm so fucking pissed. Me neither. Me neither. So don't, don't, no, no shame there. <laughs> it takes me 20 minutes to get my pants on too. I'm sorry. Else- man. I, yeah, see, I'm sorry. I, I didn't even think about it like that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't worry. Don't worry. But like, but like, you know. I, I understand that frustration of like, for me today, for instance, I was going to go outside because it's like one of the nice days of, of almost spring finally. So I was like, I'm going to go outside. But then I had to think about like, okay, I have to call somebody, have to get somebody in here, have to get them to put my coat on, which is going to take 10 minutes. Then I got to put a mask on to go outside because it's hellfire at the end of the world. And so like, by the time all that's done, you're like, do I want to go out anymore? Like, oh, what's the point? So I understand entirely that's that's yeah. very similar what it feels like it's like especially when on a good day he's completely the opposite completely completely the opposite and i feel like i just i feel like i lose a big level of autonomy and independence and i lose a level of like how i feel about myself and it just literally can go on a switch just because uh some stupid bacteria is in me or a fungus or just my body just decided it had to quit that day and it, it's just really it can be incredibly demoralizing um yeah when you can know, you kind of elaborate more on how on for both of you how does that how does that because i don't think people understand flare-ups people say and you know what they say they say stuff like oh you'll be fine just go to bed take a pill whatever no big deal. <laughs> and like can you explain what the emotional toll of a flare-up is for you and what that does to you as like as a human so people can get that there's more than just take a pill and rest and you'll be okay. And like, yeah, for, well, you mind if I jump? Yeah, so for me, it's like, it's, it robs you of a sense of like stability. Like, especially like if you, if, if I've been having a good stretch and I was going good and then, cause they don't, you don't plan for them. They just come out of the blue. They just oh, hit I you know. they hit you. Oh, I got you it. I got it. Yeah, I know you know. I know you know. I'm, know. I'm saying to the to audience, but I know you know exactly what I'm saying. You can do your best to prevent it, but it's going to happen. And when it ha- it just literally like, it not only does it knock you on your ass, it literally just like your plans, they're, 
they're in the, they're just up in smoke. They're done. Like, they have to be you done. Had, yeah, you could have had all this stuff planned and like, oh, things are going great. I'm doing all these things. Oh, now nah, all that stuff canceled. You're like, now you just gotta now you gotta figure out, okay, what's what's the thing that I can hold on and what do? Can what can I do, do right I now do? where I won't yes. die, where I can still look professional, where I yes. can still look like I'm meeting my needs and meeting what I'm supposed to. And like I can't I can't even I can't even tell you the number of times that I've had that conversation with myself, even with our thing where I was canceling a bunch of times on you because because of stuff. I was like, these poor folks have been so like that's why today I was like, I don't care what fucking happens. I'm doing the interview. I don't care what I, what happens. I'm doing it. But it's I understand the pressure of like, I wish I could just crawl in my bed and not do stuff, but I got to because how am I going to run my business? How am I going to make money? That's exactly what it's like. It's it's a lot. And then it's it's a little bit like it's scary, too, because it's like you start to think, well, if I have too many of these in a row, this is going to have like bigger consequences than the short period of the flare up is lasting. Because if I have too many of them in a row now, I'm like, OK, I might not meet a deadline or I'm like, you know, thankfully, that doesn't happen to me as much because we're, we've been able to like we we because we have the privilege of having our own business we control our schedule we're able to control things to the degree of, to enough of a degree where usually we don't get them a lot in a row to the point of we start missing our deadlines or this and that i mean i know like a couple of years ago i i i got pretty fucking sick where it did start to impact us because i got really seriously ill um like even more than normal and so it really started to impact stuff, but usually that's not as much the case. And then it, the other thing that happens is like for me, because of my health issues, I end up having to go to the doctors a lot and get a lot of diagnostic stuff. And cause it's usually it's because there's something underlying happening. So I've got a bacterial infection or I've got a fungal infection, or I've got something like that. That's causing whatever is happening. I mean, there are times when it's not that, but that's usually the biggest thing and then trying to figure out which of those things it is yeah like i wonder if there's something in your business in your like contracts that you could say like sherry and i at fly media productions work on crip time we will get back to you when we can and if we have you know it might like i don't know if that's been done before in in proper business contracts but i think there's something kind of powerful about that like in my you've seen my the emails i sent out to you like you've seen me say like mm-hmm. I'll get back to you in 24 to 48 hours because I have chronic pain and I might not like I might not see things and like I, I liked I appreciated that by the way. I like that you had that in there. There might be something like valuable for your company where you like as you get more comfortable saying to clients we have disabilities, like we're a multi-disability we're we're a company with people with multiple disabilities working. So like maybe you could just say like this is what we're going through this is in our contract that we will fulfill the thing, but we might have to ask you for like, you know, up to two to three extensions based on what our needs are for that day. And that way you put it in writing. So when the client signs with you, they know, Hey, if Sherry and Ruben have an off day, like let's keep the lines of communication open, but it's in writing. So you don't have to like constantly run back and forth and play interference and like do and do the thing we all do as disabled entrepreneurs. We're like, oh man, so sorry. It's all on me. It's all my fault. I'm the worst. Like, and, you know, we all do that. And we take the blame because we want to make the client or the person that we're working with feel better. So I'll say, like, I'll, I do it all the time. Where I'm like, oh yeah, it's my fault. I'm disabled. Like, oh, whatever. But like, wouldn't it be cool if when they signed a contract, 
they saw that already and knew that like, oh, Sherry and Ruben go through stuff and we know that. And if they have up to three flare up days, that's fine. That's a, that's a really interesting concept. We have something to that degree, but it doesn't really specify about disability. But what we do do is when we're doing all our projects, we plan that into it. So we plan enough um, buffer buffering so that, because we just know it's like, so we try every, every project we do all the timelines we set, we already, we always build a buffer in. So that way, if we have, you know, some regular type flare ups, we won't miss the deadline, but I do think that's interesting idea of, that of scary. putting that in there. It's scary, <laughs> but, but I it's mean, interesting. we should be able yeah. to do stuff like that, but it is scary. To the idea real, of actually you know? doing it, executing yeah. on but that. But like we were talking about earlier today too, I think that another thing, another, you know, blessing if for lack of a better word that's come from COVID is that people are a lot a lot more businesses and whatnot are going to be more understanding and empathetic to people's situations and yeah. I think that like we were talking about how right now this is common for a lot of people but for people like us this has always been common this yeah having to live this way and work this way has always been the norm for us like we've been doing this for years and we're going to continue doing it for years after so you know for people to be more understanding and accommodating to those type of things i think it's i hope that it will be easier for for people especially like independent you know like employees who have to work remotely for other companies yeah you know? I just think for you as the business owners, putting that in the contracts, and I know it's scary and I totally get why, but I also think like there's a power in you taking that back and saying like, look, this is what we go through. And for, because most people that you, that hire you probably don't know you have disabilities and probably don't. Probably not. Are, yeah, they don't. They aren't don't. aware of that. They do. They, but if you said like, if you said like, here's what we go through, like maybe and you can totally do whatever you feel is right. But I think maybe there's like something in there for your business to to appeal to the disabled community too and be like, look, this is what we go through. Like we're putting this in our contract to, to show that this is what we go through. And so we don't have to explain ourselves. And it would also say to, like I was saying, other disabled entrepreneurs could be like, oh, they did it. Maybe I can do it too. It takes the shame out of, out of having to like to like oh yeah sorry it was me i'm the disabled one oh sorry i fucked up like it was of course yeah. with me i do like that's yep. a good point it takes that out and you've you make it clear that yeah we're gonna get the work done it might just take an extra week or two or an extra month or whatever it is like but we'll get there but we're disabled and these are the things we have to focus on first that's a really good point and i'm glad you said shame because that's that's the word that i wish i'd said that was in the back of my mind like fear um, and shame yeah <laughs> Like Brene For says, real. the moment you you name it, you start taking the power away from it. Yeah, I mean that's why that's why you know in in doing your work around and learning about disability, you you've seen you've seen so much around ableism and all that stuff. And I think if you put in your contracts to all your clients, whether they need to know or not, like listen, we are two people working for you. We're still going to be Fly Media Productions. We're still going to do. XYZ, but guess what? <laughs> we're disabled and we're naming it. And so, like, if if people see that, they may have a perception of that when they see the word disabled, because we all do. But if you put that in there, you've laid it out for them. So there's no, they can't bulk at you when you say, "Oh, I need a day," 
or in a week or whatever it is you can say well in the contract it says nah, 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 and you signed it so you're supposed to know that like i needed two three days you know that's something we really that you're yeah. challenging us but i do like what you're saying a lot <laughs> I, 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 I i i like what you're saying a lot it's like especially as we get older and we're starting to find where we are having to adjust our own way of working like when we were younger we used to work a lot more and we could work late and we could we'd get up and we'd work and we'd work till we go to bed and you know we did the same thing like young people do other regular young people do we don't work like that anymore we can't work like that anymore and as we get older it becomes much more challenging and we're realizing our limitations and i only see that becoming more of a thing so i mean that that is something to think about you know yeah. and it's I mean, partly that, why we're bringing in we're bringing in other people too so that we're more kind of like running things and bringing in the work and we're we're going to have help fulfilling the work i mean i do freelance work i'm just going to put it out there if you need somebody <laughs> i'm here waiting for contracts to come in so like what kind know. of stuff do you do because i would i mean i'm always looking we're I mean, always I, looking to look with, work with people in the disabled community and people in the pleasure space. I mean, this didn't, I did not intend for this to do a job interview, but here we go. Uh, I do. I don't mean it to be an interview. <laughs> no, I, just, no, no, I, no. I would like to know. <laughs> but I do like podcast production. I do. Um, I do. I've done consulting for TV shows. I've done consulting for movie scripts to make sure that if we're, if it's a movie about disability or whatever, or like a product about disability, it looks good. I run. The company handy like i'm a co-founder of the the sex toy company my sister and i run and i i help them do i'm the chief disability officer and i help them do make sure all the all the press releases look okay all the language looks okay like so i know how to do all that and i know how to do a shit ton of data entry so if you need somebody i'm just gonna put it out there i'm here i'm here let me know absolutely okay. we're yeah. we are expanding our I don't know what's the word, Ruben. Network. <laughs> yes, network of people to that we can we can turn to when we need we need extra help too. You know, if you need a random consultant to just jump on stuff, I'm here. I'm here. Um, but I think you know to go back to the bigger question that I kind of asked you. Like I think putting that stuff on paper is powerful, and putting that stuff in contracts to people and i did it too when i did that email signature i was scared shitless i was like i'm gonna lose business people are gonna think i'm a flake people are gonna think that i don't follow through and yeah there are moments where i don't fucking follow through and i will i'm gonna say it plainly i run my own business and there are people right now that i backlogged for the show that i'm like sorry i can't make it and i've canceled on you 90 million times but i promise you like when i'm feeling good i'll figure it out and like <laughs> you feel so bad because you're like how do i do this how do I make this go? People are not going to see me as credible if I don't ever show up. And so I understand the fear, but I think once I've, once I started just laying out what the truth was and laying out what my needs were plainly in, in documents that I would send and emails that I would send to people, people didn't bulk. People came back to me and said, I love what you did. Can I steal this and put it on my email signature? Cause I need it for myself. So I think that just naming that for you will take away the shame. I like that because I when I first saw your email, I pointed out to Sherry, like I said, Sherry, did you see that? I'm like, I like that. We I like I like that a lot. You named two words, credibility and flake. And those are like those words are powerful, man. Like yeah. for real. Like, um, yeah, because I mean they play in everything on the business side in everything. It's 
those are big words <laughs> for real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, I mentioned this a minute ago, but I think I'm going to say it again because I think it's powerful. I think you may be naming the fact like, because you already have D in your name. You have like, like you know, fly duo. You have that and I can see it on the bottom of the, the screen there. Like what if it was also like disability? <laughs> like something D. I don't know. I don't know. Just ideas for you to like play with it and make it part of the branding you do so that other people can see that and go, well, if Sherry and Ruben can do it and they have off days, maybe I can do it too. Like I think there's, I understand why you're, why you hit it. I just think there's so much more power in revealing it to the world and making it part of what you do. It will make, I think your business that much stronger. I, I like, think, anyway, I, I, it's, it's, there's a lot we're trying to, to come out from behind oh, like, I thought you were going to say come out about because I was like that too big <laughs> <laughs> but no I mean oh, what was I going to say when you said that I th- I think of a, um, a cartoon not a cartoon it was like a, a greeting card or something I saw on Twitter today it's like a little illustration that's the word um, and it's it's a it's a couple having sex and it's um like uh, what looks to be a masculine presenting a man and a woman riding on him and he's in a wheelchair. I don't know what the message is, but it's basically was a like an inclusive greeting card for like that was made by a company that does disabled cards and somebody just showed a card. I'm like, that is super fucking dope that they did that. I'm like, I love the fact that a company had the guts to like show disability and sex. The first time we saw that was in that book, what was the sex book that we got that was like all illustrations? The one we have like way back when. from way back the when. Guide to getting it on. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. You know how it's got the disabled couple having sex yeah. and showing variations of sexual positions. Yeah. Not disabled that people. I want to plug my own stuff there, but <laughs> tell us, tell the, us. Have you bought the handy book of love, lust, and disability yet? No, we haven't. <laughs> I'll send you a link to our website, and my company just released a book that also has imagery and poetry and like stories about sex and disability that could be super valuable for you to have a look at. Yeah. Yeah. We sure. would love to check that out. Definitely. And that's, that's one of the things when, you, when I thought of when you said the uh, incorporating disability in a more um, overt way is th- I love when people um, incorporate disability with, excuse me, the pleasure space, sex, sensuality, and all that, because I feel like it's kind of like what the, I, I think it akin to what white supremacy has done to black women. At one, at the same time as over-sexualized, also mammified, where they're desexualized. And like, I feel like that happens very much to disabled people where, oh, you can be disabled and we can give you all the sympathy in the world. Or maybe if we're better, we can give you empathy versus sympathy. But fuck you being a sexual being or being yeah. sensual or erotic or whatever. I'm like, I don't, why not? Like, I, I I appreciate when they show those things together. I'm like, I mean, I know I know this. Our I know our country and our culture has all kinds of like just like really messed up dual kind of thinking, conflicting approaches to sexuality. But I don't know. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> lost my thought. <laughs> Speaking of, and I'm gonna, that's totally fine. Speaking of sex, let's go there for a minute. How does 
being a, being a couple with disabilities and multiple disabilities of that, how does that impact your relationship, both as like a couple and then also if we can get a bit blue, how does it impact your like sexuality together? That's a good question. Hmm. No, I'm, <laughs> we were we we're ready for that question. No, um, <laughs> it definitely impacts. It definitely impacts sex. I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> I, like the way like the way Sherry always says it. I'm always. I am pretty much always ready and available and open and interested <laughs> for the most part, for something's the most part. Wrong if he's not. Yeah. Something's wrong <laughs> if I'm not usually. Um, but I mean, over the, I'm not nearly as much as I was say like 15 or more years ago. I, I definitely feel the adverse impact, unfortunately in that way, like, Oh God, it has fucked with my stamina. It's fucked with a lot of that kind of stuff, which, which sucks, but it, you know, you, it, for me, it was like working through the reality of that changing and then finding ways to be okay with it. And then for Sherry and me, it kind of like, because of the reality of that, it, it kind of forced us on a, it was kind of p- played into the sexual journey we've been on because of finding new ways to kind of like experience sexuality together, experience pleasure together. And especially because we couldn't necessarily do things the way we used to do them um because you, do you think you oh. could and it, if you're comfy do you think you could um expand on like what did you used to do and what do you well, do now well i mean i can't fuck her for 45 minutes at a time like literally thrusting and and everything i can't maintain that kind of <laughs> erection like i used to um and it's like unfortunately but i mean that is what it is it it sucks so we find other ways to enjoy it like but I mean, for me, it's not just about that. Like, I love, I love like the whole lead up. I love it to take forever. So we just kind of flip it on its head. We just spend. That's a bonus for me. That's a good thing for me because with my with my illness, I again, I like to say when people have like the flu and shit, like how how much of how in the mood are you when you're ill? Like when you're feeling sick? Yeah, you're not really. You don't. Wanna... That's what I feel like a lot. Like ninety percent of the time. So I'm like. I have to like push through that to like get to the like good happy place. So it's good that he likes the like long drawn out, you know, let's take our time and do this thing because it takes me a while to get there. But so that's kind of like our thing. We it's like it it takes a takes us a while to get to the big bang, but we enjoy the ride, right, babe? Yeah, we watch a lot of like a lot of erotic movies like i said too we, we probably watch more than most people in average sitting because we watch it for longer to get to that get heated up you know and prolong it and like even if i don't have like the staying power i used to we enjoy other you know we enjoy other things a foreplay lasts longer and you can i get enjoyment i love that so it's like um because i just because of all the health issues i have i just i don't have I don't have as much staying power as I used to. So is there any part of you like as a man that, cause I know as a man, like, and I have totally kind of disregard, I just, I've discarded my like need for masculinity over the, over like pretty much over the last six months and not being able to access my sexuality. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm more femme than I realized that I was, but like for you as a masculine identified person, do you feel, is there shame around that? Is there like, I mean, for a long while there was, we had a lot of conversation about it, mainly because me sparking conversations, because I had a hard time. 
I had a hard time like entering a new chapter and entering a chapter of things being different in that way. I've gotten to the point now through a lot of communication, a lot of conversation, a lot of just learning on my own research and all that, where I just realized that things change. They're going to keep changing. I mean, shit, in 20 years, if I'm still here, they're going to have changed again, you know? Um, yeah. So like, I've, at least I feel good that I've gotten to the point where I can still feel good about me. Like, and I've, because I mean, I, I look at it different now too. Like, I mean, as long as I'm, as long as I'm satisfied, as long as I'm able to like feel happy with the experience I'm getting. And of course, as long as I'm satisfying Sherry and she's happy with her experience, then it's cool. If it's not somebody else's experience, that's all right. I mean, I'm not fucking them. So I mean, whatever, whatever, like, you know what I mean? As long as yeah, the person, yeah. as long as I'm, she's happy and I'm, and and I'm satisfied too. Then I'm good. Like if I don't I, know, I I think what's powerful about you guys fucking, and I'll just say it in plain language. I think what's powerful about you guys fucking is that you both have invisible multiple disabilities. Like when we think of disabled sex, we usually what we think of is like one able-bodied person fucking a disabled person, or one wheelchair user and one able-bodied person. We don't often talk about two invisibly disabled people who have multiple disabilities between them having a relationship and like coming together, no pun intended or pun intended. <laughs> like when it's good together. and if it's just right, you'd be lucky. Yes. <laughs> like, so I think you in the play, like you talk about wanting to do stuff in the pleasure space. I also think you, you represent a really niche. Well, maybe not so niche. You represent a part of the community that we don't talk about. You represent, like invisibly disabled people finding each other and fucking each other, which is such a conversation we're not having. Um, so I think there's, like I said earlier, that's a whole part of your business that you could explore, a part of your branding you could explore, because I think that's a piece of the pleasure space we don't ever talk about. I like that idea too. Damn. <laughs> I should be paying you for <laughs> paying you for all these ideas. I'll just send you my my Venmo, my uh, PayPal, and you can just I'll just I'll just charge you my hourly rate, and we're gonna. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I should be. I'm telling you because you're like you're you're getting us to look at things, especially because you're a third party. So you're getting us to look at things from like uh, um outside of ourselves. I guess that's what happens when you bring in a third. <laughs> I mean, are you asking I, I me to go into, are you asking me to do a professional threesome with you because i'm here for that i'm here for that um, i'm just gonna and, grin and blush so yes awesome so and so sherry for you like what has you talk a little bit about the fatigue and all like do you feel this even when you're feeling like shit, you feel like a need to satisfy him. Is there, do you have conversations with each other about like, I love you and I want to do this thing, but I feel like I'm going to barf right now. Uh, like, uh, yeah, it's actually one of the only things that we fight about or have fought about over the years. And that is just because like we said, he's, he's always ready to go. And I'm almost, it takes a lot for me to get to there. Um, physically, which affects your mental, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, that is challenging. It's very, very challenging to say no and to constantly feel like you're, you're 
rejecting the person that you love and for him not to feel rejected. I mean, that has been a, a, an issue. Um, but we finally love, we've gotten to a, a place where we we're much better at communicating those things and where I, he's, I hope feeling less rejected and more understanding of what's actually happening, that it's not that I'm rejecting him, that it's just that I'm just not there and I really love you and I really, really want to be with you. But I also really, really, really need to sleep right now. <laughs> yeah. But like, can I suck your dick tomorrow night? I got to rest. Yeah. Or, or we can do it, but it's going to have to be quick and you're going to have to be on top. <laughs> well, that and the funny thing is because I, you know, I love being on. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> but no, what I was going to say. But that's funny that you say that too. Not funny because, yes, it's true what you're saying. But I was going to say, like, this whole this whole pleasure journey being a big part of that. And it's been a huge positive benefit for us. That's yeah. always that's why, like. For me, like I wanted to bring our business, incorporate this more in our business because I saw how much it helped us. I saw how much it helped our relationship and helped me. Like like you said, like instead of working through not feeling rejected, but also looking past what I was feeling and to see you for real, see you in a different way in the moment when it might be challenging because I'm like, oh my God, I want her so bad, but she's just not in a space for that. You know what I mean? I think it helped. I don't know. I think it helped a lot with. And I think about even the fact that we're two disabled people here sitting here saying like, and the fact that one of us can feel rejected often, I feel so bad for people who are in the opposite because in a way I feel blessed and lucky to be with somebody who is disabled because he understands to it a point and yet still we fight about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's like, it is it is tough but i think the more the more you talk about it and, and are open and honest with each other and try to like i don't know where i'm going it's hard to when you've got to be able to separate your feelings from what from the reality of the situation and when you can when you can actually do that that's the best way to get past all the hang-ups and i think the more that we started talking and really being empathetic and understanding of each other's side is when we actually started to find ways of coming together more and yeah. having better sex and more sex. Yeah, yeah. it definitely I mean? helped in that way. And it, it definitely, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. And I think what makes what you said powerful is like, usually when I'm telling a partner about what my needs are for me anyway, like I'm telling a partner who's able-bodied and I'm the one explaining what my needs are and I'm the one explaining my disability. And so to know that, you are both disabled having and you still have conversations that are uncomfortable for both of you and any yes. like not fun like, i think that's really important for people to hear that it's not like just because you're both disabled and you are together doesn't mean that all the stuff somehow disappears and like all the the ableism and all the stuff that we experience usually in sexual relationships just goes away it's interesting that it's still there but you found a way to like talk it through and so I wonder, do either of you think that you both being disabled has made your relationship stronger? I think in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, I like, I, for me, like, yes, I definitely do. I, I'm just, as you say that, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, so many ways that being with someone who's disabled has made it a lot easier for me. And she's also like, she's also helped 
support me in getting stronger in a lot of ways. I don't know that I would have gotten necessarily as strong. I don't know. It's, I definitely think it's definitely been great. Yeah. I think we have probably twice the challenges of, of some other couples, but we also have things that we can find common ground on. And I could say, well, uh, okay, I'm trying to tell you something. How can I help you understand? Okay, you know how you feel when you get X, Y, Z? Well, that's me today, right now. Like, it's not you. I promise you, <laughs> you know? I think it's a, it's a way to be able to connect those dots that you're having, like, struggling to communicate how you're feeling. The other person, you just have to find where their thing is that's very close to that. Because, you know, we, we have very different disabilities but we can find that connector if that makes sense i, I also too, sorry oh, go ahead go Ruben. no no go oh, ahead oh i was gonna say like for me like so i i forgot that i had a little thing about being disabled on my resume from back when i used to work like actually be look for on-site contract work and so i had a thing that basically just talked about how my disability made me more empathetic because having go through different experiences you have to learn empathy and how I brought that empathy to what I did for development and all that. And I looked at things differently and I would try to notice things that maybe non-disabled developers may not realize or think about. I feel like in our relationship, being disabled, I feel like in a lot of ways in our experience has made us more empathetic people just in general. And I think that does make it easier when you have disagreements with your partner um, when you have like, it, I feel like it does make it easier to work through things because you have a specific level of empathy that you just, because of all the challenges you deal with through disability. I like to, to think that's the case, at least. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think so. And I agree with that. I think, I think it had my disability, my disabilities have made me way more empathetic than I would be if I didn't, if I wasn't disabled. Um, want to shift gears because the last question that that I want to post to you and one that I'm really interested to hear your, your answers on is you mentioned having these having these disabilities and having like all this stuff it's hard, it's hard for you to feel a sense of privacy with all this stuff and feel a sense of like that you can be you can have it, like personal privacy with friendships and with all this stuff and so how does First of all, what is what does that look like for you, and why why are the challenge what are the challenges with personal privacy for you, and can you talk about how disabilities impacted privacy for you, and then maybe discuss there's a lot here, but let's so let's do that first. What is like the challenges with personal privacy for you both? Do you want to start, or you want me to start? Go ahead. Okay, um, that's a good question for us because of we have. Because of disability, essentially, and the way that we've just structured our life and our relationship, we've blended everything. So our personal and professional are very much intertwined, um, which means we have willingly like opened ourselves up more in our personal situation, more so than we may have otherwise. Because pre all of this, I was the type of person who, if you knew me, I might share stuff, but I was very much like, I kept everything very close to the chest. I was not, I was, um, Go ahead, sorry. Oh, my bad. Just... Oh, I'm making noise. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like fidgeting with stuff. Sorry about that. Um, 
I'll put that down. Thank you. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm fidgeting with this thing. Making noise. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. So, so that right there is one of my things playing out <laughs> and me not consciously realizing I'm doing it. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, blending everything is me meant that we have consciously decided we're, we're more visible than we would be otherwise, which brings with it the reality that you're opening yourself up to people's critique as much as you get good stuff that you get bullshit stuff too. And I'm certainly not like, that's not something I'm interested in dealing with. Um, although we've had to deal with it, it's not something like I enjoy or anything like that. And then because like, for me, I, I walk around and move about the world very guarded, very much like aware of the space that I take up and also my personal safety and personal well-being. Like I'm aware of everyone who's around me. I'm aware of what's going on. You just, you just have, like as a black man, my experience has always been, I have to be very, very aware. Um, and I also have to be very aware of how people perceive me. Um, like for instance, when I used to walk down the street in the city, if it was safe for me to do so, and it was like kind of dark or, or, or it's just, just me and a woman, I would cross the street to the other side because I know people perceive me as a threat. So like, I would just cross the other side and be like, cool, now she doesn't have to worry. I ain't going to try to jump her or rob her or some shit like that. Yeah. I just cross the other side. Like, so like, um, it, it is basically like, I, I lost my thought, but essentially I don't know. We've opened up our world on on that way. We've shared a lot of ourselves. We may not have shared. I feel like it's, benefit it's, has come from it as well, though. Are you getting to like that? It's kind of like feels like a can of worms where you feel like for me personally, I feel like I, I hold back a lot on sharing a lot about our life because I'm afraid once I open it up the can, like it's all out there and there's like no there's just no. You can't it shut back. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been, that has been a challenge. And I like kind of feel like always like a bystander to life and what's going on around me and wanting to get involved and be a part of things, but afraid to kind of open up that and not know what's going to come from it. You know what I mean? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so the next part of that question was like, you mentioned also like, because you open things up, and you've, it sounds like you've kept your disability pretty private in a lot of cases. How does that impact, like, how does that impact your personal relationships, your friendships with people? Like, it is, I mean, most of, here's a funny story. When I was like, I don't know, I was probably like 19 or 20. I had some friends I was really good friends with. Um, it was two, these two girls and, and this guy I was really friends with. And then they approached me one day and they're like, yo, Ruben, we got to ask you a question. Don't be offended, but why are you always doing all those movements with your face and this and that? And, and they're like, and, and I was totally taken aback because I always thought I was so good at hiding that I had Tourette's. <laughs> I was like shocked that they would know. And they're like, what the fuck you think? Of course we knew. Like, you're not that good at hiding it, dude. Like, that's how I always approached everything. I think that's like a good analogy <laughs> for how I approached it. Like, I, I just didn't say anything and I tried to hide it as much as I could. But reality is a lot of people can notice stuff they just not not say anything because yeah. i put up a wall like i'm not receptive to your input so keep your shit to yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like and now i'm starting to kind of like open up a little bit more so like some of my friends i do t like 
I mean, I've got friends where we used to just joke about it and they'd laugh and we'd have a good time joking about like some of my illnesses. And then other friends like we talk about it with a little bit and then other ones I never talk about it with them. Um, so it's, I guess, what do they call that? Compartmentalization? Yeah, yeah. You compare, you're compartmentalizing to feel safe. And so I can imagine like the, my idea of like opening up in the business and putting it up in the contracts. Like I can imagine why that's scary then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I I know it probably sounds like hearing me, you realize like people like, damn, this motherfucker is paranoid, but you know what it is. It's like, they say it's the, it's racial battle fatigue. I don't think if, if people haven't been there, they don't understand your entire world. If you want to stay not only safe, but keep your family safe, but literally like have like, be able to like keep your life moving forward. You, you just, you learn to move about the world in certain ways. So you adapt is not, you're not adapting because you're just afraid you're adapting based on what the world has showed you. We've, like, oh, sorry. Very lived sure. experiences. I was going to say too, we also started our business. Um, when we lived in the projects, we started our business out of necessity because we were sick and we needed to do something from home. So we, we very much started doing this, um, very very poor and very very young and we we just felt we constantly felt judged every time we turned around so yeah. we hid a lot about ourselves just to try to get ahead to try to the door. something yeah i mean yeah. just to get yeah. treated fairly and yeah. given a chance i think that's why we're feeling more comfortable now because we've been doing this for a long time and we're like you know why we're here and this is who we are and we've built something in can prove that we're good, good point. at what we do and we're going to be here, you know, and it's okay to talk about it now. We're but not, for a long time, we didn't feel safe talking about it because we just, it just felt like it meant it was going to mean our livelihood if, you know, yeah. people judge us adversely. That's a good point. We're not, and we're not in that circumstance. Yeah. So it's like, don't it's tell less, people you're poor, park down yeah, the street. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause we used to have to do that. We used to like, we had such a fucked up hoopty that we'd park down the street because we couldn't drive up to the business in the car we had because it was just like it it was hood as fuck to, to, a, to a point too like even today like we're we're disabled so we are limited we we've been in this business for a long time but we're still not where some other people are who would you know where they would be after being in this business for this many years and we're like well you're in tech and you're still not making x amount of dollars well we have a lot more limitations and a lot of things that we move slower because we have to, but we yeah. are growing. You know what I mean? And oh no, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I get it. I understand. I understand. Uh, well, I ran out of questions. I think. I mean, I think we. I think we covered a lot here. And I think the way that I'm going to frame it is, you know, I think coming out and talking about coming out as disabled in business and running your own business is a thing we don't talk about enough. So that was, this was a really interesting, nuanced, like multi-layered conversation. I really it was. I'm really so happy we had it. Was there anything else that I missed that you totally want to say that we haven't touched on yet? Why? Well, I could talk to you for like another hour. I mean, <laughs> I want to be on your show again. That's why I'm saying. You, that's why I'm saying you need your own bloody show. <laughs> oh man! Uh, like once a month, Ruben's Corner. Do it. Figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know that I can. Um, I don't, I don't even I don't know. I mean, we talked nice. about, it was really nice. I mean, we got to talk about sex. We got to talk about work. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything else. I mean, it was a great conversation. 
I yeah, really yeah, appreciate no, I, hanging out I with you. I had a lot of fun. It was a good time. Um, so the people that are listening, if they want to, if any disabled folks want to work for you and do some contract work and do some, get some, some idea of what it is Slide Media Productions does, how can they get a hold of you? Um, they can hit us. So our website, they can hit, up, hit us up at is flymediaproductions.com. Um, and then if they, and they can just go to the contact page and submit a form submission to us. Um, and then if they want to peep us online, uh, I'm Yo Big Rube on Twitter and IG. Um, that's basically, everyone's like, yo, Rube. So that's, <laughs> it, it, it just works. Um, and then your, uh, I'll, I'll let you give yours. Yeah, your girl, Sherry J on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we're Fly Duo on Twitter and underscore Fly Duo on Instagram. And that's basically. And then we're, we're Fly Duo on, on LinkedIn too, if that's, oh, yeah. if that's, that's your a, thing. Yeah, LinkedIn, Fly Duo. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much the same same everywhere but if they go to our website they can get get there. everything from there flymediaproductions.com awesome. yeah i know this was a great conversation and thank you both so much for, for first of all feeling comfy enough to sit down and talk about your disabilities from a professional standpoint because i know it's scary and it was like it was a different conversation than you may have been ready for initially so thank you um and i, I this is great and thanks so much for being on disability after dark today Thank you. Thank you. You make, you make it really easy. It was like you were uh, very accommodating and um, I want oh to use, so so use double entendre, entendres, but I, have, I, I won't. <laughs> Listen, you have a crush on me. I know it's fine. It's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. You want to touch my joystick? I understand. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, no, thank you both so much. And I love sitting down with you and um i'd love to find a way to have you back at some point both of you it was great sounds good yeah sounds awesome we would definitely love to come back it was great thank you so much andrew for uh, drew for having us having us on here <laughs> all right ruben and sherry well thank you so much for coming on disability after dark and we will talk very soon bye okay. bye Peace. All right, everybody. Well, that's another beautiful episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. Thank you so much for sticking around and for listening and being there for every episode of the show. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com and you can book me for talks and see more of what I'm doing. You can also follow me on my Instagram and Twitter at andrewgerza underscore. That's where I do a lot of my disability justice and social justice stuff around disability, have a lot of great conversations around disability, and try to make disability accessible to everyone there. So follow me there. If you want to follow the podcast, you can download it on any podcast player, as well as you can go to our Twitter, our Disability After Dark Twitter, DisAftDarkPod on Twitter. Um... Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to support the show, again, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark to pledge as little as $1 a month or $5 a month. Also, please, wherever you listen to your podcasts, leave us a five-star review. It really helps getting, getting the show noticed. Also, if you want to be on the show, pop me an email at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Let me know your suggestions for show ideas, 
things you want to hear on the show, stories about disability that you want a light shone on. Thank you so much for listening. I'm, of course, your delectable host, Andrew Gerza. Let's stay comfy, cozy, and crippled. And we'll be back soon. Thanks, friends. Bye. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021